Welcome to the Adventure Church Easter Podcast. Today we are celebrating our risen Savior who came and died that we may have life. In this message, Pastor CJ encourages us to build a relationship with Jesus through faith. Connect and communicate with Jesus daily. He's alive, living and active and bringing life. We hope your faith and hope are raised today. The S-O-N rises once and for all. And he came to set the captives free. And aren't you glad that today you are free indeed? I think we need to give the Lord praise this morning. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. God is a good God. I told Jeremiah that I will be prompt today because we got a lot of services coming in, to, to a second service coming in. I want you to take your notes out with me, and I'm going to briefly speak for a while, and we got some other things we want to do in the service. But I want to talk about the purpose of Christ's resurrection. A lot of times people get mixed up. What is the purpose of why Christ resurrected? Why, what is the purpose of it? I don't know about you, but the purpose of that is first and foremost that we have life in Christ. And, you know, I'm so glad that I serve a living Savior today, that I don't talk about a God that's dead, but I talk about a God that's alive. And I know not, not only he's alive, but he lives in me. And aren't you glad that today he lives in you? And because he lives in you, he can transform you, change you, and rearrange you. I am so thankful that when I was 18 and a half years old, I allowed Jesus to come into my life. And because he came into my life, he changed me from a drug addict, an alcoholic, to what I am today. I am now free indeed because I serve a living Savior who now has transformed me and changed me and he's alive in me. Aren't you glad that he changed you? Amen. The Bible said if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things become new. How does that happen? The old things pass away and all things become new? It happens because of Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross. He took death and he gave, took his death and he gave us life through his death so that you and I can have life and life more abundant. And I'm so grateful for that today. In 1 Corinthians, you have your notes. We're going to jump right into the message today. In 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about there where Paul is talking to the church in Corinth. And he's talking there about Jesus. And he's saying there, if I preach Jesus and he's not risen, it would be in vain. You know, a lot of times people say, well, why are we going to church every Sunday? Why do we read our Bible? Why do we pray? Why do we do these things? We do these things to keep in communication with our God. You know, today it's exciting to see a lot of new families today and the reason why it's exciting to see that and also the joy that's in this place but I want to say this to you you and your your husband or your spouse or your wife if you don't communicate with each other what happens to you if you don't communicate with one another your relationship separates or begins to divide or there becomes a wall between you because you lose the sensitivity to her voice or his voice and because you're not communicating now you're instead of being lovers or friends, now you're becoming strangers because you're not communicating with each other. The God wants us to communicate with him, to stay in relationship with him, and that's why it's important that every day we take time to read his word, to seek him out, because he wants communion with you. He has feelings, he has emotions, he loves you just like we should love him, and so therefore God made a way when even Rebecca, uh, Becca said that today in our, her devotions today, Becca shared about the veil was rent in two, and the veil, the reason why it was rent in two is so that we can have access 
access directly to the Father and have a relationship with Him. Before we had to go through different circumstances, we had to make different sacrifices to be able to go to the Father. But now through Jesus, we have access to go to Him every day. And the reason why He wants us to go to Him so that you can be close to Him. And the reason why He wants you to be close to Him is because He's alive. Aren't you glad that today He is alive and He wants fellowship with you? And here's the cool thing about Jesus. Jesus doesn't care what you've done. Jesus doesn't care who you are. Jesus doesn't care where you've been. He accepts you just as you are. And that's one of the emphasis of this church. I don't care who you are, what you've done, and where you've been. We love you here at Adventure Church. You are welcome because Jesus welcomes us, and he welcomes you. Amen? And in 1 Corinthians 15, it says this, But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how then, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? You see, a lot of times people say that this resurrection is actually a fiction. It's actually not true. And the reason why a lot of people say it's fiction and not true is because we don't see Jesus in a physical sense. But Jesus doesn't see in a physical sense. Jesus sent his Holy Spirit now to dwell amongst us. That's why we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who dwells amongst us today. He sends his Spirit in the behalf of him so he can live within us. And a lot of times people don't believe that there's a resurrection because we have not seen him. As I was saying today in the earlier service in, at the wilderness, is a lot of times people want to be like Missouri. They want to be like Missouri and have on their license plates, but we have it on our hearts. It says, show me. With a show me state, I'll believe it when I see him. And that's a lot of times how we walk with our lives. I'll believe it when I see it. If it happens, then I'll accept it. If it don't, then I don't believe it. That's not what faith is all about. Faith with Jesus is saying, Lord, I trust you regardless if I don't see you sense you or feel you. God, I don't build my relationship on that. I build my relationship on faith. And faith is a substance of things unseen, but things hope for. So if you're building your relationship on with the Lord by saying that, God, I'll believe it when I see it, you may be waiting a long time. Somebody say amen. But you know what? Jesus says you take the first step. And then I'll take the next step, and I'll meet you right where you're at. So he says this. He says, there is no res if there was no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. Isn't that something? And so this is why we celebrate. This is why people come to church every day or every Sunday or every Wednesday or when the doors are open and we have Bible study. It's because we serve a Christ that is alive. And because he's alive, we want to commune with him and get to know him. Jesus said he'll never leave you nor forsake him. So if Jesus never leaves us or forsakes you, then who leaves Jesus? We do. They say that an average American moves every five years. So if Americans move in every five years, can you imagine? The postman is always looking for your address, trying to find out where you're at. But you know what? You never have to look up the address of Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the great I am. He never changes in who he is. He loves you and accepts you just as you are. And he goes on to say, our preaching would be useless in our faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from from the dead. 
Why are you here today? Because you're here today to celebrate a risen Savior. Aren't you glad that our God is no longer confined to a grave or to a tomb, but he's alive, and he's here today amongst us. And not only is he alive here amongst us, but he's here to transform and change people's lives. You know, throughout the course of your visitor here today, what's been really exciting that we are seeing evidence of God being alive in our midst here at Adventure Church. We have been seeing people with cancer being healed. We have been seeing people who have been sick with diseases being healed. Why? Because we serve a risen God who is concerned for your well-being. Somebody say amen. So he goes on to say, he says, and, and verse 19, go ahead and turn it if you would. It says this. In Acts chapter, at Acts chapter 1, verse 3, he says these words. Watch this. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs. You see, here's the proof. God, I want to see. What did Peter say? If you are the son, show me. And what did Jesus have to do? He showed him his side. He showed him his hands where he was pierced. Because even Peter, who was one of his disciples, had doubt in his heart that he was alive. I wonder how many of you have a wall up that, man, I'm only here to church today because my mom and dad invited me to come. I don't really believe in God because I haven't experienced him. And a lot of times we want proof. He says that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. We serve a risen Savior. You see, the gospel is primary a documentation of the eyewitness accounts of these remarkable events. How many of you know that's so true? Like that is what it's all about. These are the remarkable. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a fact of history. It is more than just a past event. How many can say amen to that? It's more than just a past event that happened 2,000 years ago. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what? A lot of times we see people who try to uh, tear apart or, or document the Word of God and try to f uh, prove that it's wrong or false and all these different things that people try to dissect the Word of God, to discredit the Word of God, that it's not really true. It's not really for today. It's not relevant, as the young people say today. It's not relevant today. But I'm here to tell you today, no matter how they try to document or how they try to take the Word of God apart, it's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. It never loses its power and it never loses what it's all about, that Jesus is a central theme of our hope and our lives today, and he is a central theme that he's alive and well. Somebody say amen. It has a living purpose. The part of the purpose was to establish at the resurrection that that's why we have hope. You see, so if you have your notes, you can see it here. Number one, why did it, the resurrection, and what is the purpose of the resurrection? Number one, he arose to validate his claims. In other words, what he said, he's showing or proving to you today that he's alive. And if you have your notes, you can see there, he is declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of the holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Hallelujah. How many know that's a great claim to make? Man, that's a great claim to make. I met a visitor here today, and he's from Grantsburg. He's a football player, and he's a, he's a defensive end. And I told him, I said, I hate guys like you because when I played quarterback, he would always get me on the blind side. And, man, and how many of you ever seen that movie, The Blind Side? I was praying that I had somebody to block like me, like for me in that movie like he was. Man, guys like you, man, I, I used to, man, run from guys like you. Kill them. But you know what? Jesus doesn't want to blindside you. He wants to come forth and tell you the truth. And the reason why he wants to tell you the truth is because it's the truth that sets you free. 
It's the truth that delivers us. You see, listen, a man once said to a friend, I think I'll start a new religion. His friend replied, fine, just get yourself crucified and in three days rise again. (laughs) Amen. He said, here's the claims that Jesus made. Jesus made starting lean claims. Number one is this. And I love this. This is, how, this is the claims that he made, and he made these claims so that you and I can have hope. Number one, he claimed to be the Messiah, the Son of God. He claimed that, and not only claimed that, but he proved that, that I am the Messiah, the Son of God. Number two, he announced he would die for our sins of the world and then rise again on the third day. Aren't you glad that Jesus died for us? You see, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Do you know that every one of us have received a gift, and that gift is a gift of eternal life, that you are forgiven? I see a lot of times people walk in shame, guilt, and condemnation, and they can never break free of that, never feel like they're worthy or good enough to be even involved with people or whatever because of their past. You see, Jesus said, I blot out your sins and I remember them no more. I remove them as far as the east is from the west. And a lot of you are carrying your sins or your shames or your past, and God said, just let them go and cast them on me because I care for you. And that's the good thing about Jesus, that he came to set us free from our sin. Another third claim that Jesus made, Jesus declared he would come again. That's the third part. He was born, he was crucified, and the third part is he's coming again. I can't wait to that day that when Jesus comes and makes the appearance of taking us home to be with him. You see, the other day my my son-in-law's dad passed away. And uh, we went to the funeral, and they had a service, and they, man, didn't expect all the people to come that came. I mean, it was packed out. It was, it was packed. They had to put chairs all over in the hallways, everywhere. They didn't even anticipate half the people coming like they did. But the beautiful central theme of that service was about this, that John knew his Lord. And because John knew his Lord, he was going to be with his Lord. You know, today, many of you are gathering together, man, having dinners together, going to make your ham together, going to do Easter egg hunts and all these things as a family. And it's great to be together as a family. I'll tell you, I have six sisters and a brother. My little sister just went on to be with the Lord. But there's nothing like being together with family. It's an it's exciting time. But you know what? You can always tell when one of the family members is not there. Maybe it's a husband and wife that has a couple grandkids, and you can always feel that void that 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 family is not there because our family circle is not complete. And, you know, so you kind of think, wow, it's been fun, but I wish that so-and-so could have been here and with the grandkids because we had so much fun. So you send them all kinds of pictures of what you did for Easter and all the Easter egg hunts and the food that you ate, and you're saying, oh, I wish you were here. You know, that's the same way with Jesus. If we don't know the Lord, Jesus said he's gone to prepare a place for us, and if it was not so, he would not have told us. And a lot of times what happens is Jesus is waiting for us right now to come home with him. People always say, Pastor, why hasn't Jesus came now? Jesus hasn't come yet because of the fact he doesn't want any to perish. And so a lot of times we're on the time clock of accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. God said he can come in the twinkling of an eye, but the reason why he hasn't come because he's waiting for some of the family members to come back to him.
And it's going to come. If he can come like a twinkling of an eye, you never know your time or your hour when he comes. My, my son-in-law's dad was walking down the stairs, and he tripped down the steps, and that's how he took his life. He fell down the steps, and it took his life. He never knew, saw that happen. No one ever expected that to happen. And that's how he took his life. He fell down a flight of steps on an unexpected time. You see, Jesus could come in a twinkle of an eye. The problem is, are we going to be ready when he comes? He is going to come. That's not just a, a statement that he's making. That's a promise that he's going to do. He's going to come to take his church to be with him. Who's the church? It's you and I. You see, these claims are valid only if he truly is who he claims to be. Our God and Father validated those claims by raising him from the dead. Number two, he arose to justify all who believe, to justify. Man, you see, when Jesus died, he cried, it is finished. Our redemption was completed, but it was effective only if he rose from the dead. Aren't you glad that today that he rose from the dead? That he justified, he taken upon our sins. Can you imagine today, Jamie has the youngest one here today, seven-month little one. Could you imagine taking that little one and giving up its life for us? Man, I couldn't imagine doing that. I have two boys and a, and, a, and, a, and a daughter. And when I think about God giving up his son Jesus, man, it just makes me think, wow, you really do love us because I love my boys and I love my daughter, and I don't know if I could do that. But Jesus, God did that through his son Jesus so that we can have life because he loves you. Some of you may have come in here today. Maybe you've gone through some tough times. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. Maybe you've gone through some separations of friends or situations, and you're not feeling loved. But I'm here to tell you today, there is one that loves you greater than anything that you ever can imagine, and that's Jesus. That's why he says that many of you can quote this scripture, for God so loved the world. Who is that world? It's you and I. He doesn't leave you out and doesn't just select some and not the other. You're all a part of the family of God, and he loves you just as you are. Jesus loves you. You see, his resurrection validated his various death. It confirmed that we have a divine Savior and Lord. In him we are uh, treated and, and, through, uh, and forgiven of our sins. Number three. He arose to give us a living hope. Wow. Hope. You see, a lot of times I, when I was in my drug-infested world, I would go to some programs once in a while here and there, and I would sit in a circle with a lot of the, the people that were having the same situations that I was with the cocaine addiction and the shooting that I did and all that kind of stuff that I did. We would sit in a circle, and a lot of those people in that circle, the biggest problem that they have and the reason why they were doing what they were doing, because I know I was doing it because of the same reason, is because we didn't have hope. We felt hopeless. And so because we felt hopeless, we thought that the bottle, Mr. Jack Daniels, would help us out. But I found out that Jack Daniels, all he got me to was Sister Porcelain, if you figure that out. Amen. And that's all I, I would find. I would find Jack Daniels and Sister Porcelain. And after Sister Porcelain, I would pa find Pastor Pillow and Sister Sheets. Amen. Because I'd be from uh, Jack Daniels to Sister Porcelain and Pastor Pillow and Sister Sheets back in the bed. Amen. That was my cycle. It's because I was walking hopeless. I was walking with no direction. But with Jesus, it gives us a point of hope. Hope of Hope of knowing that we are forgiven. Hope that we have a future ahead of us. If Jesus of Nazareth had risen from the dead, all our hope and salvation, eternal life, would be taken away. If he didn't rise from the dead, 
Could you imagine? Why do we come today? We came to give our respects and honor to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Isn't that right? And we came to recognize the living hope that we have. But I'm here to tell you, a lot of times we always say that people come just to Christmas and Easter. They come to church. Wrong. You know what people really come to church? They come to church for a lot of different other reasons. You know how they come to church? They come, number one, they come to church when they're hatched. When people have babies, baby dedication, they'll come to church. Amen. You know what else they come to church? When they're matched. Amen. Like you two getting ready to get married on September 8th. Amen. Hey, baby, let's go to Vegas. Are you going to have Elvis Presley marry you, man? Amen. But they come to church when they're matched. And you know what? They come to church when you're dispatched. So it's just not on Christmas and Easter that people come to church. They come then hatched, matched, and dispatched. So I can probably expect to see you five times. Amen? Praise the Lord. But God is good. You see, we as Christians or believers have new life into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In 1 Peter 1.3, because he lives, so shall we live also. Because he lives, so shall we live also. You see, Jesus says in John 10.10 10, that the enemy, the devil, comes to kill, rob, and destroy. But Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. And then he says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, he said, I'll do exceedingly abundantly more than you ask, fathom, or even can imagine. That's a great God, isn't it? He's a great God. You know what's so funny? I, my grandkids, we're going to go take off right away to go to the cities, and we're going to have an Easter egg hunt. How many are going to have an Easter egg hunt with your kids? Amen? Well, we're going to do that with our grandkids. But here's what's so funny about it. We buy all the candy. How many parents, you can relate to this. We buy all the candy, right? So we get them all this candy, and we get all, we stock them up and get them all. And then we ask for some candy. You know what they'll do? They'll give you one M&M. And you're like, come on. It's like Jay's potato chips. You just can't eat one. Papa, you can't have any more. Peyton, come on. I want, no, get one from Riley. So then I got to go to Riley. Before I'm over, I go to all six kids, and I got six M&Ms. You think they're going to give me any more? No way. The crazy thing about it is I paid for them. I put them in the eggs. I hit them, but I get only six. But you know what with Jesus? He doesn't just give you a part. He gives you everything. He doesn't just give you a part of himself. He gives you all of him. You see, when you come to the Lord... You come to the full banquet table that God doesn't hold back anything from you. He said, you have not because you ask not. But when you ask, you ask amiss. Jesus said, when you come to me and you ask for the full banquet, I'm going to give you a spread. And I'm not going to just give you pieces. I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to give you my son, Jesus, who laid down his life for you and rose from the dead so that you can have life today and life more abundantly. Number four. He arose to be our interceding high priest. Wow. You know, uh, my mom has gone on to be with the Lord, and she's now serving God, and she's with him, and she's dancing the streets of gold. But, you know, when I was going through my situations of life, and I want you to hear this now because it's so true. You know, a lot of us, man, we're here today because of family members and friends. But I'll tell you one thing is that when things really hit the, get tough times, really start setting in, and when I was really going through my struggle, guess what? A lot of people left me and abandoned me. But you know who was there standing? My family. 
my family, my mom. My mom would always sit there, and she would hug me and hold me when I'd come in from my drunken stupors. And she'd put her arms around me, and she would call me Craig. I know it as CJ. So if you call me Craig, I think you're mad at me. So don't call me Craig, okay? My mom, she's the only one that can call me Craig. But you know what was so cool? My mom would put her arm around me, and you know what she'd do? She'd start praying. Lord Jesus, touch my son. Touch my son. And you know what? Just hearing those voice of my mom would just, man, comfort me and settle me down. And you know what? That's what Jesus does. He's praying for you. He's praying for you. He's not giving up on you, so don't you give up on him. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we would have no advocate with the Father. He's praying for you today. You know why? Because he loves you. And you know what he's praying? He's praying for wealth. He's praying for prosperity. He's praying for health. He's praying for all these good things in your life. So a lot of times what happens is because things don't go well in our life, the first thing we want to do is shake our fist at God and get mad at him. God, if you love me so much, why is this happening? And so because it doesn't happen the way we want it to happen and things turn out the way we don't want them to turn out, the first one we get angry at is God. When God's not the one we should get angry at, the Bible says the devil comes to kill, rob, and destroy. Why don't we take that same energy, that same anger, and direct it towards him? But we direct it towards God. You know why we do that? Because God is a safe place to direct our anger because you know that he's going to love you regardless of what you do and what you say. So you're going to, man, get mad at God. And all the time when you're getting mad at God, you know what he's doing? I'm praying for you. I'm not giving up on you. You can shake your fist at me. You can get mad at me all you want. But I'm not giving up on you because I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always there with you. You see, the believer who sinned would have no one to plead for him before the throne of God. Man, can you imagine what God does or Jesus does when he sees you hurting? He goes to the Father. He says, Father, I see Troy. He's in need right now. Lord, would you just help him? Would you just touch him? Would you just be with him? He takes your situations before the throne room of God. And you know what's so great about God? He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't put you down. He doesn't frown on you. He doesn't say, you loser. He says, you winner. Because we are more than conquerors and we're winner through Christ Jesus. And some of you today may feel like you're a loser and you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you're not going to make it. I'm here to tell you today, God loves you. He's not giving up on you, so don't give up on him. He accepts you just as you are. You see, this is the good thing. He is able to save completely and forever all who come to God by him because he never uh, lives to make, ever lives to make intercession for you. Isn't that a good feeling to know that he's not going to run when you're going through the battles or storms of life, but he's going to run towards you. You see, the conclusion is this. Jesus Christ is either your Savior or your judge. He's either your Savior or your judge, depending on what you do with him. You see, a judge is one that's going to call you out, going to call you a loser, is going to point fingers at you, but your Savior is going to take you in and embrace you. I love the story about the prodigal son when the prodigal son came appearing over the mountain. The Bible said that the father ran to the son. 
want you to put on your imagination caps this morning. Guess who's running towards you today? Not running from you, not resisting you, but accepting you. And I can imagine when he's running towards you, you know what he's probably saying? I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. You see, there's a story that I close with. is a story about Alexandria. Alexander the Great. And he was getting ready to go out to battle. And when he was going out to battle and faced this massive army that he was ready to attack, one of his soldiers ran off. He ran off and hid because he was afraid to go to battle. So Alexander and his army went out to fight the battle. And when he came back, Alexander the Great said to his other soldiers, said, go out and find that soldier who left. Go find him and bring him to me. So they went and they searched high and low and they finally found the soldier. And they brought him before Alexander the Great and they threw him on the ground and he was all scuffed up because he was trying to resist the soldiers so they had a beat up on him and so on. So when they threw him at the feet of Alexander, Alexander the Great said, Young man, what is your name? Young man, exhausted and beaten, could barely lift his head. He said, My name is Alexandria, sir. Alexander the Great stood up from his throne. He said, young man, what is your name? The young man jumped to his feet. He looked Alexander the Great in the eye and he said, my name is Alexandria, sir. Alexander the Great walked down with this young man, looked him eye to eye, and he said, young man, what is your name? young man quivering and shaking in his boots eye to eye with Alexander the Great he says my name is Alexandria sir Alexander the Great looked at this young man and he said young man either you change your name or you change your conduct when we profess to be Christians or believers in Christ, we live it to the fullness of who He is in us. If not, then change your name or change your conduct. You see, God doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He wants us to be hot for Him. The purpose of His resurrection will become a living eternity in your life. How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. We here at Adventure Church would really love to hear from you. You can connect with us online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at Adventure Church Siren 
or check out our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com. <laughs>